The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. Tonight on Ram Showcase, the 2019 Combine has begun and the Rams have had some very specific meetings. Find out who they've sat down with. Plus, Rams fans in the front office might have a different idea of who is the most important free agent to bring back. And later on, the rumors never stop. We'll find out which ones could be legit next on Ram Showcase. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe Bags. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Audible. And with over 480,000 titles to choose from, you can get a free download right now as well as a free month of Audible. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash ramshowcase. I'm your host, Joe Branham, but you can and should call me... Sheriff Joe Bags laying down the law for you guys today. We got some interesting stuff to get into. Uh, of course, the combine is this week, so we will be talking about that. Uh, Todd Gurley has some new news, and then of course we are going to talk about some rumors. This seems to be a, a, a normal segment that we'll all be going through uh, throughout the off season because if there's one thing I know about Rams fans, it's that you guys love rumors. All right, I I can't. I can't relate. I can't get on that boat with the with the whole rumor thing, uh, but I feel like this is a good way for me to address those for you guys. And then, of course, we've got some amazing fan quesos for you, as per usual. So, let's get into some news for you guys. Rams running back Todd Gurley has learned that he has arthritis in his knee. It is the same knee that he suffered the torn ACL in college. Did have that repaired, obviously. Uh, but this is a uh, developing story, so I'm not going to go too deep into it because we actually don't know exactly what this means for the future. Of course, I will keep you guys up to date as I learn any information. Uh, but also, uh, just keep in mind that I, I, I'm not sure if this necessarily means that that Todd is you know, going to have not an awesome year. I don't know if it means he's, his career will be cut massively short. Uh, What we do know is that he has arthritis in his knee and the Rams are kind of looking at their options and seeing what they can do about this because obviously this is a uh, developing story. We don't know a whole lot, uh, but of course, again, I'll keep you guys as up to date as I possibly can 
but this is definitely cause for concern. I think this is this is now the moment where we can kind of say, oh man, what is going to happen? Because up until now, up until we learned about this arthritis thing, uh, I, I was pretty adamant of saying, you know, he's, you know, he's got the whole off season, all this stuff, but this changes the entire narrative. Okay. So now it's not just an injury that he needs to, you know, recover from. This is something that he's probably going to deal with for the rest of his life. And I don't know what that necessarily means for his football career. Uh, but again, I'll keep you guys updated on that one. Uh, next up, the NFL salary cap has gone up to $188.2 million. That is an $11 million increase from just a year ago. So every team now has a little bit more wiggle room uh, with that extra $11 million that they can now spend. Uh, the Rams sitting about the middle of the pack as far as cap space goes going into this offseason. Uh, so that's uh, some good news. Well, I mean, the Rams do have some space, but of course they are going to have to be with those big contracts that they have now are going to have to be a little bit more diligent on who they're bringing in, who they're signing to these big contracts. Uh, but the core is there. Of course, the only question mark now being Todd Gurley and what he what his future is going to look like. Uh, the Rams general manager, Les Snead, Les Make-A-Deal Snead, cites edge rusher. Uh, outside linebacker Dante Fowler as the top priority and not Roger Saffold, who the majority of Rams fans stated was the most important free agent to bring back, myself included. Saffold does not appear to be returning to the Rams in 2019. At least those are the reports that we're hearing. Uh, we do not have any solid evidence on that. No one from the Rams has come out and said we're not bringing him back. Uh, so we'll continue to watch this story as it unfolds, but... Uh, you know, I think Roger Saffold has been the best offensive lineman for the Rams over the course of the last two seasons, I would say. And so this is just kind of unfortunate news in that regard uh, that I think Saffold's playing at a really high level. And I think whoever does get him is going to be very happy with his play on the field if it is not the Rams. Left tackle Andrew Whitworth is officially returning to the Rams in 2019. But Whitworth and McVay said the decision had been made a while back. Uh, McVay kind of joked about it and said that, that Whitworth just kind of, he had to do his, his big announcement, his whole theatrics of it. So, uh, it's fun for us. It's fun for guys like me who cover the Rams and we, we get to talk about it for a little bit. We get the build up, And then of course we get the announcement, which is always the best part. So, uh, that's always good stuff. Uh, the combine is this week. I'm, I'm missing some of it right now to talk with you guys, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, we got some 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 good stuff happening, and I always go back and kind of watch some stuff on YouTube and and do all that stuff. So I'll, I'll catch back up. But uh, as far as players who are impressing me, I mean, the combine isn't necessarily a place where I get impressed by players, and that's simply because we already have all the tape. And I think a little bit too much stock gets put into these workouts. I think the most important piece of the combine is the meetings. And the Rams have met with a decent amount of players here, and you'll see the trend. You will notice the trend here of who the Rams are meeting with and obviously where they want to improve their roster. So let's go ahead and start. Uh, the first meeting here we have is TCU defensive lineman LJ Collier. Collier can be a uh, stand-up outside pass rusher and wades 3-4, but his typical position would be with his hand in the dirt as a 4-3 defensive end. Of course, the Rams don't run a 4-3, so he would be the stand-up if he did come to the Rams. 
chances are not in the Rams' favor that he would be available at 31. Uh, but he did end his four-year college career with 82 total tackles, 20.5 tackles for loss, and 14.5 sacks. Uh, next meeting was with Mississippi State outside linebacker slash defensive end Montez Sweat. And if you guys are keeping up with the combine, I'm sure you guys have heard about Montez Sweat as he is performing very well in this year's combine. He would fit into Wade's 3-4 uh, defense as a pass rusher. He's highly athletic and part of maybe the best front seven in the nation at Mississippi State, or was part of the best front seven in the nation at Mississippi State. Their, their front was absolutely insane this year. Uh, lots of NFL potential all, all in that front seven. He transferred from Michigan State after a sophomore season, and that was absolutely a great move for Sweat as he ended his career with 105 total tackles, 101 with Mississippi State, 30.5 tackles for loss, 30 of those were with Mississippi State, and then 23.5 sacks, 22.5 of those were with Mississippi State. Sweat also notched the fastest 40 in a combine in history for a defensive lineman and did run a faster 40 than Odell Beckham Jr., Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Antonio Brown, the list goes on of guys that he ran faster than at the 40. Uh, so I don't think his athleticism is in question, and his tape matches that. The kid is an absolute star. Uh, another guy that I don't think would be available at 31, I think if the Rams really, really wanted Montez Sweat, they would have to move up in order to get him. Next up, Notre Dame defensive lineman Jerry Tillery. A bigger guy that can play in the middle of the line and is close to the size and weight of a guy like Ndamukong Sue. But uh, his with his skill set, he would probably uh, fit in as a 3-4 defensive end uh, for the Rams. I, that's where I would put him uh, if I was the coach, but I'm not. So good news for you guys. I'm not the Rams coach because we would not do very well if I was. But uh, Tillery did finish his college career with 133 tack total tackles. 23 tackles for loss, and 20 and a half sacks in four years. Next up is uh, Florida outside linebacker Ja'Kai Polite. I really hope I pronounced that one correct. I could not find anybody saying his name. That was the, that was the problem for me. Uh, so Polite spoke very highly of his meeting uh, with the Rams and said that it had been his best meeting so far. He cited that the Rams were the only teams not pick on his game and instead just talk to him about his game. Didn't point out a bunch of flaws that he has. He would fit into the 3-4 as a pass rusher, outside uh, linebacker. Um, Polite did end his career with 78 total tackles, 20.5 tackles for losses, and 15 sacks in three years. Now, some other guys that the Rams have visited with, not in the combine, though. Uh, the Kentucky tight end, C.J. Conrad, that was at the East-West Shrine game. Washington State offensive tackle Andre Dillard that was at the Senior Bowl. Uh, let's see here, Louisiana Tech guard O'Shea du Dugas East West Shrine game. I know I butchered that one, so uh, forgive me, forgive me on that one. South Carolina cornerback Rashad Fenton that was at the East West Shrine game. Boston College safety Will Harris at the Senior Bowl. Duke tight end Daniel Helm at the East West Shrine game. Uh, Florida State wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson, different Keyshawn Johnson. That was at the East West Shrine game as well. And so was Brigham Young outside linebacker uh, Sion Takitaki. I know I butchered that one as well. And final one, West Virginia fullback Trayvon Wesco at the Senior Bowl. So uh, definitely some uh, some decent meetings or a decent number of meetings. But actually, you know, looking back or uh, looking at all the teams' meetings, the Rams have actually met with 
maybe the fewest number total. Before we go into our break, I'm going to go ahead and hit a couple of fan quesos. We're going to split this segment up a little bit. And, um, you know, we're going to start doing this pretty regularly. We're going to split this up a little bit just so it's not so many questions all at one time. So we'll get through a couple here from Jay and from MJ that we'll talk about here. And then uh, I'll get to the rest after the break. Uh, so these ones come from Jay. Who do you think we re-sign, if any, of our free agents? I definitely think we re-sign a couple of our own free agents. I don't think that that's too absurd to say. Uh, I do think, uh, obviously, uh, with some comments being made, I do think that the Rams make a, a strong push to bring back uh, Dante Fowler. I was going to say Roger Saffold, but that's the opposite of what we've heard so far. So uh, I do think that the Rams make a strong push to bring back Dante Fowler. Uh, and I did actually, I don't know how long ago it was here. Let me see here. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, yeah. So it was, was the show that was done on the 6th of February. I did go into the entire list of all of the the Rams free agents and who I thought would leave and who I thought would stay. So um, some of the names that I have staying was originally Roger Saffold. That kind of looks different now. Dante Fowler. Ethan Westbrooks, Sam Shields, uh, Rameek Wilson, Malcolm Brown, Jojo Natson, Dominique Hatfield, Corey Littleton, Blake Countess, Morgan Fox. Those are some of the guys that I had uh, coming back. So we'll see what kind of happens. Um, you know, I'm not in the office with these guys, so it's it's difficult to say who they're wanting to bring back. Uh, but obviously, we'll bring back some of these guys for sure. And I think some of them are are kind of necessary to bring back, if not for anything else except for depth. I think that's important. So uh, second question here from Jay. How do you think the Rams treat the Todd Gurley situation moving into next season? I actually, man, uh, I'll be honest with you. I have no idea because it's hard to tell really what this means and the severity of this situation. That's kind of yet to be known. We know about the situation. We just don't know how intense it really is. We don't know if this is something that's going to bother him for every single game from here on out, or if this is something that maybe he can get a procedure done, he can be okay for the next, you know, five to 10 years. And then after that, maybe needs to to pack it in. I do think ultimately this is going to shorten his career because uh, arthritis is, is no joke. I've definitely got arthritis. It's in my hands and it's, it's a bummer, man. It, it's, it's a it's a lame thing to deal with. I don't know what it would feel like in a knee, but I can kind of try to picture it and it's not cool. I can tell you that much for sure. Um, so we'll kind of I'm going to keep monitoring this story as it kind of unfolds, and and we'll kind of see. You know, I, I'm not necessarily too confident in this situation right now, but uh, you know, it's it's one of those weird ones for sure, man, for sure. So uh, next question here from Jay. It's all it's all a business. We know that, but do you think that it's true that we are not looking into signing Saffold back? I don't necessarily think that it's true that we're just not considering bringing him back in any capacity. I think that the, the that what we're dealing with now is how much is he going to make? And you have to weigh what he's going to make with who his potential replacement would be and what they're going to make and then kind of weigh it out and see what you want to do. Because again, like I said before, I think Roger Saffold was one of, was probably our best defensive line or our best offensive lineman. Uh, this season, but you know, it's it's going to be an interesting balance of finding out, you know, who 
who we could replace them and and what their production level would would look like. Let's see. Next question here: Who would you like the Rams to take a good look at in free agency or the trade market? Uh, as far as free agency goes, that that is our next you know event in the NFL. You know, we we are kind of looking at the draft, especially with the combine coming up, but. A lot of these position needs that a lot of people are citing right now could not be position needs in as little as a couple weeks. So uh, this is going to be a fun free agency to watch, you know, especially with some of Sean McVay's comments about, you know, we'll see how things shake out when asked about, you know, acquiring a big name wide receiver this year and stuff like that, even though that's not a position of need. But that is something that the Rams can kind of work with. I wouldn't say that defensive line was a need going into last year's free agency period, but we brought in Indomitian Sue. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. I'm actually really hoping there's a couple guys that I've that I've cited already in previous shows as um, guys that I would be excited about. Uh, you know, you got Trey Boston, you've got uh, Jadavion Clowney. Let me see where that, I don't know. Well, let's see here. I'm, I'm going to look here. Oh yeah, Jason Verrett. Uh, Preston Smith, a, a few guys that I've cited as as guys that would definitely excite me if they were if they were coming to the Rams. Uh, next one, who surprised you the most at the combine? Who would you like the Rams to try and draft? Um, no one has actually really overly impressed me at the combine. I didn't walk away from the combine with any different opinions, I guess, of of a lot of players. Uh, most of these guys are guys that I, I expected certain guys to perform well. And, you know, at the bar I watch football at, we were talking about all year how strong this this class is in the front seven. Defensive line, super deep. Linebackers, super deep. We've been talking about this all year. So I'm not surprised that this is, you know, coming out and now being a topic how, of how deep this defensive draft is. Um, but overall, man, there's, there is some, some really awesome defensive linemen. I think Montez Sweat... Not just because of what he did in the combine, that just kind of solidifies his place. Uh, but watching him play this year, man, that guy is—he's all over the place, and I think he would be a, a real fun addition to to the Rams' defensive line. I think he would be a real fun one, and he, I mean, he could play defensive end in a three-four. He could also go outside uh, to the outside linebacker position as an edge rusher. So definitely some options. Uh, but I do again, I kind of want to see what we do in free agency first because. Uh, as, as far as who do I want the Rams to draft? I mean, I've wanted certain players in the past before and then not gotten them. And it's kind of a bummer. And I know that happens to everybody every year. Most of you guys are, you know, really hardcore fans, just like myself. And, and there's players that you see and you really want, but you know, that could be the, the opinions could be different in that office. And that's something that we, we can't really know about. So uh, but as far as anybody that who I would want to draft, uh, I would say ask me that question after free agency because, of course, we're looking right now and, and there are positions and in, in groups on the Rams that we could use some some players at, you know, potentially starters, anything like that. But uh, that could also be addressed in free agency. We just don't know. So um, and, and the combine, again, I think the, the biggest the most important piece at the combine is always the meetings. And that's just something that we can't see into. We can't hear what teams are asking guys. We can't hear what their answers are. Uh, But I think that that's very important. And, you know, like last year, you know, Joe Noteboom, that guy was not being looked at by by Rams fans at at all. So um, they saw something in him and met with him at the combine. And and apparently some of his answers were, were perfect 
for uh, Let's Make a Deal Sneed and Sean McVay. So uh, next question here. With so many questions, what do you want the Rams to accomplish this offseason? I think that's a very simple answer, and my answer for you is just get better. Apparently, we weren't good enough. You know, this has always kind of been my thought process. If you don't win the Super Bowl, you need improvements. Um, you know, I, I love the regular season. I don't think that those games don't matter. I love regular season records and performances uh, because I'm just a big fan of the game. So, you know, just being out there performing, that's that's my favorite part. It's not just about big games. It's not just about winning the Super Bowl. There's cool things that can happen throughout the whole season. So uh, the Rams obviously weren't good enough. There was one game the Rams scored six points. I was against the Bears. The Rams scored three points in the Super Bowl. This offense is very good, but not good enough. You know, even even against the best defenses, this offense is talented enough to at least put up like 17 points, which is a far cry from where we were just a few years ago. But I think on their on on our offense's worst day with Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Brand Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, all these guys, on, on our worst days, we should be looking at a 17 point game. I feel that way just with this talent that the that the Rams have on the offensive side of the football. I think that would be a bad day at 17 points. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not, but you know when you're averaging over 30, I think that 17 is is legitimate for sure. Uh, next question here. I think I answered that one. Did I answer that one? Maybe I didn't answer the last two. I don't know. I'm kind of just, we're just going, you know, this is going to be good stuff. So uh, next question here uh, from Jay is, uh, have you seen AD's Instagram? Guy continues to get chiseled. Not a question, just a statement. Go Rams. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I keep up with uh, pretty much all the players that have Instagram accounts and all that stuff. And uh, AD is, uh, Man, that guy's a monster, man. He is, he's unreal. And he took like three days off after the Super Bowl and then went back to working out. He's like already in the gym, has been for like a while now. At least a month he's already been back in the gym. That's amazing. That's incredible. So, uh, yeah, he's get, he keeps getting chiseled, man. And he even said it. He, he was one of the guys, he kind of has, I don't want to say I'm like AD because I'm clearly not, but... Uh, we have that same kind of mindset of like, they got to the Super Bowl, but that was obviously not good enough. They scored three points and, you know, got to get better. So AD is doing that, which is really awesome to see. Of course, it's amazing to see. Uh, we'll go here. We'll go, we'll get a couple here from MJ uh, before we hit our break. Let's see here. And then I got a couple more from Cody. So just the three people, but plenty of questions. Uh, MJ wants to know, with TG's arthritic knee, do you think that increases our likelihood of bringing back CJ? Do you think we should move to a running back committee to ease his strain? If we do and don't bring back CJ, do we have the backs to uh, we need to maintain success? Also, I really want the Rams to draft uh, Georgia running back Elijah Holyfield. I think that if, if we have Gurley, Kelly, and Holyfield, we'd have a strong backfield. Thoughts? Uh, I think that the Rams are going into 2019 with a strong backfield no matter what. Uh, I think that even if CJ doesn't come back, even if we don't draft uh, Holyfield out of Georgia, I think that Gurley, Brown, Kelly, and I don't think Davis returns, but Davis can be thrown in there right now because he is currently on the roster. But um, I, I think that that's a strong backfield already. And so improving that in any capacity, I think, is obviously huge. But 
Uh, you know, I think we still have something in John Kelly. Of course, the production isn't there. And, and when it was looking like he was going to need to play a lot, the Rams went out and just signed CJ. So I don't know what that says about their confidence level in him or what they're seeing in practice from him. Uh, but I think he does have a lot of room to develop. You know, it was it was his rookie season. He was sitting most of the year. Uh, he was inactive. And so he just didn't get a lot of play time. And you know in practices when you're not going to be active for the game, you're not getting the reps. Uh, so I think training camp is going to be huge for John Kelly this year. And, and I hope to see him come out and, and you know, look a lot better than he did in this uh, this last season. Of course, he looked really strong in preseason, but that's in preseason. It's easier to break tackles on guys who aren't making rosters and all that stuff. And John Kelly saw a lot of time against backup defenses. So uh, I think it's more important to note that your running backs are going against a backup defense than your quarterbacks. Um, everybody likes to talk about Sean Mannion and how he only plays against backup quarterbacks. Well, he's still not doing great against, or uh, defenses, I mean. He's still not doing great against backup defenses. That's my problem. He's not going through his reads. He He's not very accurate. He's okay, but he's not, you know, over the top. Uh, and But as a running back, you know, it is a little bit easier to break those tackles, but a quarterback should be able to find somebody open in a backup defense, you know, reading the zones and stuff. And Sean Mannion can't, he's just not doing it. And he's been the same player since he came out of college. He has not progressed in any capacity. I have not seen any progression from Sean Mannion. And that's what bothers me about him. That's the thing that kills me about him is I don't see him getting any better. If he was, I would say, you know, maybe give him a shot, whatever, um, you know, I would like to have him back, all that stuff, but no, he's not getting better. And the people in Denver, Denver radio is something that I listen to pretty regular out here. They're like talking about Sean Mannion, like he's awesome and that he is the next good thing. And that he's a total stud and all that stuff. I got totally off topic right there. I apologize for that, but, uh, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Uh, but I do think that the Rams have a strong backfield no matter what. I do think that this does increase the likelihood that we bring back CJ. Um, but again, we have a lot of money tied up into Todd Gurley. So you don't want to spend too much on one position group, even if that guy is a guy like CJ Anderson, who could bring something to your team. You just, it's hard to drop that much money into one position, especially the Rams offense. That is mostly a passing offense. Let's be real here with four wide receivers. You could probably start on most teams. You know, this is a passing team. This is we're we're lighting it up. That's, that's the that's the McVay thing to do is, is pass the football, get guys wide open with your scheme and, and throw the football. So that'd be a lot of money to tie into a position group that I don't think is necessarily uh, as utilized as it could be. That's what, that's how I'll say that uh, under Sean McVay. And then uh, one more here from MJ and we'll go to our break. Everything I'm seeing is saying Saffold's not going to be brought back. If that's the case, what is our O-line going to look like next year? Uh, so if I had to guess right now, and this is pre-free agency, pre-draft, if I had to guess right now without Saffold coming back, what our offensive line would look like, I would say from left to right, so from Goff's perspective, looking at the defense, who he's going to have in front of him, I think it would be Andrew Whitworth, Joseph Noteboom, and then John Sullivan, uh, Austin Blythe, and Rob Havenstein. I think that that would be the left to right offensive line uh, uh, if Saffold doesn't return, which, I mean, it's, it is looking like he's not going to. Uh, but again, this is something that that we haven't heard from a, a very reliable source. I mean, we have heard from, you know, verified Twitter accounts 
that the Rams aren't looking at bringing him back. But at the same time, we still haven't heard that from the team. So uh, we don't know what, what Roger Saffold is thinking right now or what they've told him, but this is something that we're going to keep an eye on. So uh, we are going to go ahead and take our break. On the other side, we've got the brand new segment, Yes and No, and then we'll get into the rest of those fan quesos. So you're not going to want to go anywhere. For the latest news, player updates, and information, go to Elite NFC West. The team at Elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table. With Smitty's live Q&As, you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot, as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West. From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk, Elite NFC West has you covered. Like us on Facebook today and represent. Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. Don't miss the chance to become the go-to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to ratpacksports.com for more information. Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all of the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. And now back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs. Hey, and welcome back to Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. If you guys have not already, make sure you guys follow the Rams Showcase everywhere on social media. That's at Rams Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Rams Showcase. And that is that's the fastest way to get Rams Showcase stuff. I'll tell you that much. The second I know about anything, that's where it goes. Immediately. Immediately. All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, hop back in. We've got... Uh, uh, this segment that I've started that I absolutely love, I'm, I'm really digging this stuff. I hope you guys are too because it's not stopping because I love it and I'm selfish like that. So uh, this is yes and no. It's a working title. I'll probably change it here soon, but I haven't gotten that much time to think about it yet. So that's what it's called right now. You got to deal with it. So uh, this is where we take a look at some of the rumors surrounding the la rams and i talk about why it would be a good thing why it'd be a bad thing and i'll let you guys decide i try to avoid giving you guys my opinions and just try to give you guys enough information to form your own opinions you guys are smart adults i think you guys can handle that um don't make me don't make me eat my words there please all right let's go ahead and hop right into the first rumor here uh the Rams should trade todd Gurley after finding out uh, about his arthritis 
Uh, some of these aren't necessarily rumors. Just ri- Some of these are just ridiculous things I've heard from fans. I'll, I'll just preface this with that, okay, to let you guys know. that uh, We haven't heard this, but this is something a lot of Rams fans are talking about. I'm in, like, I think 23 Rams groups. I'm slowly leaving them on Facebook uh, because I hate them, mainly because of stuff like this. But, uh, you know, we're working through it. We're working through it. Uh, so the Rams should trade Todd Gurley after finding out about his arthritis. Why they should do this? Well, there's really no telling how bad this could get, or how bad it is, or how bad it will be. Unloading the star running back and trying to start over does seem like a viable option, especially with guys like C.J. Anderson who are readily available for the Rams uh, to re-sign for this next season. Why they should not do this? The Rams still lose out on over $7 million if they get rid of Gurley this offseason. That is including what they would free up as far as cap space, but also including the dead cap space that would carry uh, with trading or cutting Todd Gurley. The Rams eat, would, would be spending more than $7 million just to get rid of Todd Gurley, even with that room cleared up. Uh, what we know is that he has arthritis. What we don't know is how bad it is or what kind of procedures will take place and try to, to try to correct this. Suggesting a trade right now, I think, is just a little premature at this point. I think that if the Rams did trade him and and then it comes out that you know he has this procedure and he's totally fine, I think uh, Rams fans would be a little upset. That's just my guess. Just my guess. Uh, next rumor here. The Rams will not bring back guard Roger Saffold. This has been a big one. And um, it is still, I do want to let you guys know, this is still a rumor. And the reason that this is still a rumor is because we have not gotten confirmation that this will or will not happen. That's what makes things rumors, is somebody thinks of something or somebody posts something and then we all kind of ride with it. Uh, we all, I use that pretty loose. So uh, I know a lot of you guys hate the hate uh, the rumor stuff as well, but I'm, I'm definitely probably the most vocal about it because I tell you guys every single week, so that's cool. Cool for you guys. Uh, why they should bring back Roger Saffold. Uh, well, Roger Saffold has been probably the best offensive lineman for the last two years on the Rams. Saffold, being the longest tenured Ram, has also been a part of the rise of the Rams and has been loyal to the franchise from the start and back to his days in St. Louis. Why they should not do this? Well, Roger Saffold is aging. The Rams have a very talented offensive line, but it also could be their oldest unit. A youth movement makes sense in this group, and Saffold could just be the first one to have his time run out due to his contract. The Rams have had decent depth on the offensive line for a few years, and the savings could be worth a potential drop in production, especially if that drop is slight, which we don't know if it will be or not. So, um, you know, the, going into last year, I was really high on Austin Blythe, and he came in and played real well, so... Um, there, there are some guys. I think Noteboom is a guy that could fill in at that position, although I would like to save him for left tackle. And I do think that this could be a stepping stone for that, getting getting him in at guard. Uh, the only thing that worries me about uh, Noteboom as a guard is I think we drafted him to be our left tackle at some point, and I don't think he necessarily has the lateral movement to do a lot of the stuff that the Rams' offensive line does, especially in the run game. A lot of those those pulls and all that stuff. I'm just not sure if he's really fast enough to pull that off. But it is an option that the Rams do have to put him in there. And then uh, last one here is the Rams will not bring back Sue. Again, rumor because we don't know the truth. We don't know if he's coming back or if he's not coming back. So this is still just a rumor. 
Uh, why they should? Well, Sue is an absolute force in the postseason and is clearly one of the best, better defensive linemen in the NFL still. I think that's obvious. I think he's still super talented, super aggressive. You know, he, do, he does his job when he wants to, which is really nice. Uh, why they should not do this? Well, Sue only really showed up in the postseason and against Detroit. This is great, but I'd have a hard time justifying paying a guy that much for him to only perform at his best for four games throughout a whole season. If uh, if he does want to stay and only show up in the postseason, at least make his contract incentive-based around playoff games, giving him one more reason to perform really well in those critical games. I think this could absolutely be a an option for the Rams, is basically let him know if... if if you're going to perform real well in the postseason, then that's what you'll get paid to do. And if he doesn't, well, then he doesn't get his money. So uh, there's got to be a way to try to excite this guy and get him get him going. But, you know, so far it hasn't necessarily seemed to uh, come to fruition. So we're still, jury's still out on him. We'll see what happens. Well, let's get back into the rest of the fan quesos here. And I'll go back to MJ. Uh, same thing with Sue and Brockers. If they leave, what's our defensive line going to look like? That is a great, great question, MJ. And uh, I honestly, that's a, to preface this, okay, because uh, some people might be joining late or have skipped ahead, which first of all, shame on you if you skipped ahead. You missed a lot of really good stuff. And second, um, if basically this is uh, this is going back to MJ's earlier question, I probably should have done these ones at the same time. I'll just go, I'll, I'll say that. I'll admit my mistake there. Uh, but uh, going back to the earlier question about if Saffold doesn't come back, what is our, our offensive line going to look like? So if Sue and Brockers don't come back, what does our defensive line look like? That is a great question. We know Donald's going to be back. Uh, we do have a couple of guys that have been there for depth for a few years, but I'm not necessarily sold that any of those guys could necessarily start. So uh, will Brockers be back? Likely, but it, it, he's we have an out on Brockers this year uh, to to cut him and not eat that much money. So it's very possible. Sue obviously not under contract right now for the 2019 season, so we'll see how that unfolds. But I do think that this would be this is going to be a free agency thing. I think that the Rams address the defensive line in free agency. Uh, I, I don't. I would be a little bit surprised if we didn't sign a defensive lineman. Uh, at all in the free agency period so that one I it's hard to answer that one right now because the Rams have had depth but not necessarily strong depth like if if any of those guys needed to start I would have been worried you know does that make any sense Uh, but I like having those guys for rotational stuff but I wouldn't have wanted to see any of them start necessarily Uh, this one comes from Cody Uh, who should we target in free agency man there's a whole lot of them that's a loaded question that is uh I would ask for maybe a more specific question, uh, but again, this is something I've talked about in previous shows. We've talked about it pretty uh, pretty readily, and um, I'll tell you again that uh, some of the guys that I've named are Preston Smith, Jason Verrett, Trey Boston, and Jadavian Clowney. Pretty s- standard. Um, nothing's really changed uh, as far as who I think that the Rams should target in free agency. Uh, free aid or uh, free safety targets. Uh, so there are um, uh, definitely some free agents in the in the safety market that that definitely excite me uh i would say one guy aside from trey boston uh would be tyron matthew i think that matthew would honestly i think he would really fit into wade's system i think he would do an awesome job as as a free safety in wade's system so that's a that's a guy i absolutely would uh would take a look at and i think he would be an improvement over joiner from last year 
but not an overall improvement over Joyner because Joyner has played at a really high level in the past. So I'm not sure what this what his deal was this year, but uh, he did take a step back. Next question here. I think we should bring back Joyner, speaking of the devil. Uh, the year before last, he was graded as a top 10 safety, I believe. Yeah, he was actually, he was way up there as far as safeties go. I think, I want to say he was top five, actually, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, but yeah, I actually, I'm not necessarily anti-joiner yet. You know, he did have a down year. Um, and that, that, whenever I think of joiner this year, and it's, it's really unfortunate because he did have some good plays. The only thing I think about with joiner is him giving up that deep ball against the Saints in the NFC Championship game late in the fourth quarter, right before uh, that pass interference no call that we all know was pass interference? Can we say that now? Are we as a Rams guy? Am I allowed to say that that was obviously pass interference? I think I've said it before, but I think we're allowed to be vocal about it now, since there's obviously no way we'll go back. So we'll go back to that game and play it again or anything. So it was definitely pass interference. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but but leading up to the pass interference, Joiner, man, it was like whoop, watching that. I, I I openly was like, "What are you doing? What are you seeing right now? Like, just put your hands up." And that's an incompletion, you know. It just like it's like he let him catch it, and it was just that was a hard one. And that's that's the play that I go to. My brain goes to when I think about Joiner this year, and maybe that's uh, the recency bias. But you know, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he just didn't have the best season, which I know he didn't. But, uh, but I I wouldn't be opposed to bringing back Joiner. But it definitely wouldn't be under. It would have to be under ten a year for sure, for sure. Easy under ten. I would give him maybe eight. Um. So let's see here. Next question. Uh. Reason we are letting each free agent test the market. What is the reason for each individual player? Uh, well, I'm not going to go through every single free agent and uh, talk about how they're testing the market. But for guys like. And Dominican Sue and Dante Fowler, who are the guys that the Rams have been pretty open about, that they're at least going to test the market, but they do want them back. Uh, what you do here for a guy like Dante Fowler, the reason that you let him test the market is because we don't really know what he's going to draw for a contract. So we could way overpay him if you know if if we don't know what other teams would have offered him. So you let a guy like Dante Fowler test the open market, see what his offers are 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 coming in for him. And then you decide if you want to match that or if you want to try to beat it, anything like that. So uh, that's that's why you let guys test the market that you do want back is just to gauge what they're drawing as far as contract offers so that you can decide at that point, you know, maybe maybe there's a maybe they've had that conversation of like if 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 we're willing to match an offer that you get in free agency, would you come back to us? And he might have said yes to that. We don't know what those conversations sound like. So. Uh, but if that is the case, then you you look at what he's getting offered. Say, just throw out an example: the Bears offer him ten mil a year. Then you can say, okay, we'll pay you that. That's cool. Come on back. And then he just does it, you know. But it's to gauge out um, what guys are what guys' markets are really. And then uh, next one here from Cody: How concerned are you about Todd's future? You know, man, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little worried. And when I say a little worried, I mean I'm a lot worried. I I, I didn't take this news well. <laughs> and, um, you know, yesterday was a hard day for Sheriff Joe Bags. I woke up and looked at my phone to see the news that Todd Gurley has arthritis in his knee. I then hop on Facebook where I see that my favorite band's vocalist disturbed David Draymond that he has to again 
have another surgery for his uh, nasal stuff. If you guys follow metal at all, I'm, you guys might know uh, he's had a history with sinus infections and nasal issues that he's had surgery on before. Septoplasty is what he has to have again. So um, I hear that. And then I'm walking out to my truck and in my driveway, totally slipped and fell and busted myself up real good. My knee is not in good shape right now. Definitely some pain happening in that area. And, um, you know, it, that was all in like the first 30 minutes of me waking up. And uh, it was a rough day all around. And then I had to go to a funeral. You know, it was, just kinda, it, was a, it was a rough day. But it all started. It kicked off with this news. And honestly, my very, very first thought on Todd Gurley's news was, well, crap. That was the very first thing that, that went through my head. And I don't know what this means. I don't know how this will impact him, but I am worried about it. I'm absolutely worried about what this means for Todd Gurley and his future. So, you know, this is something that we're going to keep an eye on. And, you know, but I, I just right now I'm just really hoping he doesn't become the next Bo Jackson. And I think Bo Jackson is the greatest athlete to ever grace this earth. But that's just me. I think if you if you ask me who's the best running back of all time, my quick answer is going to be Bo Jackson. I think he was incredible. Um, the reason that I compare him to, to Bo Jackson in this situation necessarily to Bo Jackson would be that if this does cut his career short, he's going to go down similar, not to the same level, I don't think. He's going to go down similar to how Bo Jackson went down. And that's kind of this mythological creature kind of area that we're talking about now where you look at this guy and you say, man, if he would have kept playing, he would have broken this record. He would have had this record. He would have done this. He would have had this many rings. He would have done this. But we don't know for sure. We'll always talk about Bo Jackson, about what could have been. And the reason that I cite Bo Jackson as the, as, as the greatest running back of all time, in my opinion, is because his career was cut short, not kind of, but, well, I mean, it was. But my point is that when he was on the field, we have never seen anybody like that. We've seen some amazing running backs in the NFL. Eric Dickerson, I put way up there as well, just with his with his stride and everything and his vision. Uh, great, great running back. But I would say Bo Jackson, no one's ever been as good as Bo Jackson. And it is very unfortunate that his career was cut short. But I think that that storyline could kind of be comparable to what maybe could be happening to Todd Gurley. And that's a bummer because nobody – you don't talk about Bo Jackson and everybody gets excited and everybody's like, man, he was so – like all this stuff. It's always – the first thing you always talk about is his hip, his injury. That's the first thing. And that's a, that's a bummer. And I don't want that to turn into Todd Gurley. I don't want 10 years from now to be talking about – to bring up Todd Gurley in a conversation and say, yeah, but that knee, man. Like, yeah, he was awesome, but his career the, – the knee – I don't want that to be the thing. I want it to be Pro Bowls and Super Bowls and stuff. I want I want to bring up Todd Gurley in ten years and say, man, in Super Bowl fifty four he was absolutely insane. I want that to be the conversation, not yeah, man, but his knee arthritis. That's the last thing I want. Anyway, we're gonna move on. <laughs> Next question here, uh, again from Cody. Uh, what do you think of acquiring Brandon Graham, potential free agent target? Actually, uh, the the reason that I wouldn't want Graham necessarily is because I think he's gonna he's gonna draw a lot of money, and 
that's kind of what happens in free agency. You know, teams are transformed in free agency, but also players are paid handsomely in free agency and sometimes overpaid. And I think Brandon Graham is a guy, I mean, super productive player, but I do think it would be an overpayment for, for this guy. I think that the Rams would have a better chance of solidifying a long-term solution to the defensive line if they just address it in the draft because this draft is extremely deep at linebacker and defensive line and I think that the Rams would be uh, stupid if they didn't draft a bunch of defensive linemen and linebackers because it's clearly uh, the front seven of the Rams is its weak spot for sure have a strong secondary Marcus Peters you know he did have kind of he had his worst year of his career career low in tackles interceptions passes defended all that stuff but he did perform much better in the second half of the season he did have plays here and there where it's like what are you doing but he did perform he did get better as the season went on Aqib Talib transformed the Rams pass defense Rams pass defense was so much better when Talib was on the field uh, but he is getting older, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, the Rams' front seven, giving up runs like crazy. Third down conversions were a problem um, in in some games. And, you know, that pressure that we thought we were going to have on quarterbacks just wasn't quite there. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at, it, it, I think that we're going to draft some edge guys. I think we're going to draft some defensive ends. And, you know, I honestly, I'm thinking that, that Brockers will come back, especially if Sue does not come back. And then Brockers will take over that nose tackle spot, and then we bring in a defensive end to play opposite of Aaron Donald. That's kind of how I see things shaking out. Um, but again, in the last two years, we have not really seen any rookies start for the Rams. You know, the rookies have not been used a lot for the Rams under Sean McVay. It's all veterans, it seems like. I mean, look at... Look at this year. I mean, the Rams' best uh, best rookie was John Franklin Myers, who barely touched the field. That was like the easy pick for Rams' rookie of the year, even though he barely played because rookies just don't play for the Rams right now. So that could change this year. This could be the year. But historically speaking, and when I say historically, I do mean the last two years, uh, it just hasn't, the rookies just haven't seen the field a lot, but I do think that the Rams have enough openings on the defensive side of the football that we could see a rookie start this year, which would be, uh, I think it's fun. I like seeing rookies play. Um, it's, it's exciting because they're so raw and you know that, you know, their minds are flying a mile a minute and it's just, it's good stuff. Uh, let's see here. Last one, last question that I got for you guys, uh, from Cody, any draft targets that you want specifically at the moment that's realistic? Uh, not necessarily not necessarily because i'm not totally convinced that the rams are going to be picking at 31 i'm not totally convinced that the rams will have a first round pick in this draft even though they currently hold a first round pick in this draft i really do think that this could be the draft because the rams don't have that many openings and again this is pre-free agency so we don't know how many of those openings are going to be filled if Roger Saffold's not back, what if we sign a guard in free agency? We don't need an offensive lineman. You know, maybe we just get some depth guys later in the draft or anything. Uh, what if we what if we bring back Fowler and we're high on Abercom so we don't really need to draft high an edge rusher? Or what if, you know, Brockers Donald come back, but maybe Ethan Westbrooks is is a guy that the the team wants to start, so we don't look at that. So uh or we bring in a free agent. You know, the, there's 
so many things that, that are going to happen between now and then, and, and we just we can't know what is actually going to happen. But I would say, uh, as far as anybody that I really, really want in the draft class, um, no one in particular. There's, I, I really like Montez Sweat. I've liked Sweat all year. I think that uh, Donovan Wilson, safety out of Texas A&M, is severely underrated. I think that some of the some of the hits on him, the criticisms, I think are a little a little harsh. Uh, just just having watched uh, his games uh, throughout his career at A and M, uh, I think Eric McCoy of Texas A and M. I'm going to talk about Texas A and M guys a lot because I watched all their games. Uh, but I think he would be a he. I think he really is a a pick and start kind of player. I think he he's a day one kind of guy. So I think that he would be an awesome option, and and you might be able to get him in the third round. So you know, I mean, the Rams don't have wait, wait no, they do have the one. They have the one now, uh, but. I, th- I think he's a guy that you could you could draft, and I think you could start him day one and replace him with in, in Saffold's spot, and I think we'd be we'd be good to go. I think it'd be fun. So, um, no one in particular really stands out to me, especially post combine. Uh, combine is not something I look too deeply into. I do watch the combine, and that's mainly to get a, a better understanding of the whole position groups and to know kind of where everybody's at. But um, you also have to to realize that you know NFL teams like the only guys or the only the only entities that skyrocket guys based on combine performances or drop dramatically guys based on their combine performances is media it's guys like me it's guys like like that do podcasts and and write articles for amateur websites those are the guys that that really skyrocket those those projections based on just the combine uh, what you have to understand is the teams have who they like already. They've been doing their research all season. Scouts have been doing this stuff all year. Uh, so basically what they're using the combine for is, is the meetings. I think the meetings are the single most important piece of the combine for NFL teams. But you also have to think if you have two guys who are rated about the same, you're going to maybe look at like, okay, well, they they play about the same. Their, their styles are the same. Uh, they're right. We have them head-to-head. They're there together in their rankings with us. And so you use the combine and say, okay, well, this guy's now a little bit faster, but maybe this guy's stronger. He did more reps on the bench press. Uh, this guy, he performed really well in doing the drills. This guy looked a little bit lost, you know, stuff like that. And then you can kind of put one player ahead of the other. It's not dramatic. It's not where if you see a guy bench 30 reps that you're like, okay, now he's our first round pick for sure. Even though you had him ranked as like a fifth, you know what I mean? So that's something to keep an eye on or to, to kind of keep in mind while you watch the combine and stuff like that, that, that uh, massive combine performances aren't going to necessarily skyrocket guys under, under NFL teams boards. Uh, it's just us. It's just guys like me who skyrocket guys based on combine performances. So that's something to keep an eye on. It is a very useful tool. You can kind of gauge it, guys' athleticism. You can see exactly how hard they're working. Uh, you can you can see how many reps they can do on the bench and and how strong they are or how strong basically their pecs are and you know different things that so you got the vertical jump all that stuff so uh, and and some of these a vertical jump for an offensive lineman are you kidding me that's not going to be relevant and I guarantee there's probably no NFL team that even cares about what offensive linemen do in certain drills it's not about forty times it, that one's more about the bench and and lateral quickness the shuttle and all that stuff so. Keep an eye on that. Just keep that, or not, not keep an eye on it. Just keep that in mind. Okay, 
That's like my biggest gripe with the combine, which I love, by the way. I love the combine, but that's like my biggest gripe with it is I think fans sometimes take these workouts a little bit too serious. Just a little bit. It's not a big deal. Uh, That is going to do it for me. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Thank you guys. Thank the three of you, Jay, MJ, and Cody, for dropping fan quesos for me you can always drop me fan quesos you can message the ram showcase facebook page the twitter page i do have messaging open i don't need to follow you for you guys to message there uh you can tweet at ram showcase you can just post it on the wall of the facebook page you can comment something on the instagram page wherever you want to ask your questions you can ask me that's totally fine uh, or you could just email them rams showcase at gmail.com that's uh, that's uh, something I check <laughs> regularly, so you guys can email that as well, uh, wherever you guys want to send questions at. So uh, that is going to do it for me. Uh, make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase on all of the favorite social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow me as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. Uh, that is it. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.